Do you want to feel strong, confident, and ready to enjoy life? I'm Jen Shaver, a triple certified fitness expert and mother living her best midlife. I want to help you achieve a healthy, active lifestyle without ever having to go to the gym. We grow together every Monday, so be sure to subscribe and tune in to your weekly fit news. This Fit News Podcast is proudly sponsored by the Empower Her Bundle. Struggling with sleep? Stuck on how to get in those protein-packed meals? In need of a quick workout for successful aging? Or does stress seem to never leave you? The Empower Her Bundle is your solution. Transform your sleep, nutrition, stress, and fitness with our free bundle, tailored for busy midlife women. Reclaim control over your well-being. Thrive beautifully with better sleep, 15 tasty protein recipes, find out how to go from chaos to calm, and a free Strong for Life workout. Don't miss out. Download your Empowerer Bundle for ebook series now and take the first step toward thriving in midlife. Visit strongforlifefitness.com to get started today. Hello, and welcome to the Fit News Podcast. I am your host, Jen Shaver, and joining me today is Dr. Lisa Miller. Dr. Miller, has a Doctor of Pharmacy degree from the University of Kentucky and a Master of Arts in Clinical Mental Health Counseling. She is a certified menopause practitioner with the North American Menopause Society and a pharmacy professor. Lisa owns Women's Precision Health, where she combines clinical pharmacy with functional integrative medicine for midlife women. Her mission is to help women understand the menopause transition, and the options available to them. Lisa, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to get into this because this is uh, a topic that there's a lot of information out there, a lot of confusing information out there. And, you know, I'm excited to talk to you about, um, you know, what the options are for women because... For so long, the thought was there really weren't any options, right? It was mm-hmm. it, the, um, you know, HRT was pretty frowned upon. And really, there are so many doctors that are not willing to even look at it, in my opinion, probably because they're not educated enough on it because they mm-hmm. haven't looked into it more. Um, so what are the options for women? Because This is a sticky time of life, right? There's a lot Mm -hmm. going on. And, you know, many women struggle through this time. So what what can they do? Yeah, yeah, it's a a really good point that you make. A lot of women do struggle at this time uh, for a lot of different reasons. Um, And some of that is exactly what you said. Their physicians um, still think that hormone replacement therapy is unsafe. Right. Um, there are some that just aren't interested in using uh, hormones. And so mm-hmm. there's just a whole gamut. Um, the women that I work with are usually very healthy, had very good health their whole life. And then when menopause hits, a lot of stuff changes yeah. um, and they feel like they don't know where to go. And so um, I thank you for having me on. I, I yeah. too was one of those people, <clears throat> those people that I've um, worked with that also work in the space of menopause, have a personal story. Um, and that's kind of the same path that I've gone down. So I'm just really passionate about helping women. So there are a lot of options. Um, Mm -hmm. as far as estrogen goes, I like to help people understand, um, around the early 2000s, you know, women were on estrogen replacement therapy and sometimes progesterone, um, 
routinely. And there was a really large study that was conducted for several years on about 60,000 women called the World Health Initiative. Mm-hmm. And when that study um, was halted in 2002, that happened because they felt like there was a, a high risk of stroke and, and heart attack in these women. And that was all over the news. And then the mm-hmm. next thing you know, physicians were pulling women off hormones completely. And many of them just went completely off and had a lot of unnecessary symptoms. Mm-hmm. After that, a lot of people were nervous about using um, estrogen and progesterone. And I can say that they've looked at the studies or looked at that study in depth over the years. And what they found out were most of those women were in average age of 63 and had been postmenopausal for several years. And that doesn't really match how we use it nowadays. Most women start well before then. Yeah. And um, in addition to that, they were using drugs or they were using in a form of estrogen and progesterone that are not made by the body. They're, they're mm-hmm. synthetic. Okay. So from that, a lot of women um, started pursuing and a lot of pharmacies started making what they call bioidentical hormones. Okay. And so that's one thing that I really want people to understand is that we now have on the market FDA approved bioidentical hormones. So you don't necessarily have to go to a compounding pharmacy to have something special made for you. Oh, okay. And I like for people to know that because some of the compounded products are expensive yeah. and you um, your insurance doesn't cover them. So as far as estrogen products, you have a lot of options nowadays. We have um, bioidentical estradiol which is what the um, female body makes the most of. It's the most predominant estrogen. Mm -hmm. And you can get that in a variety of forms. You can take it in a a tablet, a patch, Mm -hmm. a gel, um, a vaginal ring. Um, There's just a a myriad of ways to take it, depending upon the preference of the woman. Okay, Um, that's what I was going to ask. Is is there one that, you know, is recommended more, has a you know better outcome, I guess, mm-hmm. or uh, results? Yeah. So they all have similar results and outcomes, but the, um, the patch, which comes in multiple strengths, that one is the one that I recommend and, and um, suggest that women take because it has a little bit less risk of uh, breast cancer. But the breast, breast cancer risk is very small to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, but the patch is even less so. Okay. Um, and it's, it's very convenient. You just put it on twice a week um, and forget about it. Mm-hmm. And that's usually what I recommend for people to take. Okay. And then you, you kind of touched on it a little bit when you said, um, you know, in the study, most of the women were, you know, in their 60s. Um, what is the best time then for a woman mm-hmm. to start looking into well, is this something I need? Do I need hormone replacement therapy? I mean, when should a woman start to think about that and, and start to ask questions? Yeah, that's that's a great question. Um, so many women start in menop- perimenopause in the mid to late 40s. And the average age of menopause is 51 to 52 right now in the United mm-hmm. States. And that means you've gone a full year without a period. Mm-hmm. Now, leading up to that, there are all kinds of symptoms that women start experiencing and many times don't even recognize or their physician recognizes mm-hmm. that it's perimenopause. Mm-hmm. Um, so as far as the um, current research and FDA approval, you start thinking about estrogen. Um, really, if you have hot flashes, 
Um, that's one of the things that's, that's FDA approved for. Mm-hmm. Um, not all women have hot flashes in the very beginning. Yeah. A lot of times that doesn't really start until right around menopause or right after. Mm-hmm. And there are plenty of other um, benefits to taking estrogen. So you'll see perimenopausal women taking estrogen for mm-hmm. a lot of different things. Uh, brain fog, uh, usually the vagina starts becoming dry. Mm-hmm. Um you might have some issues with, in addition to hot flashes, you may have a j- uh, joint pain, aches and pains in your mm-hmm. joints. So there's a lot of different things. And so women, uh, anxiety is another one. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is you just have so much fluctuating estrogen all over the place yeah. during that time. Yeah. It's sort of like being a teenager all over again. <laughs> <laughs> and oftentimes, instead of offering <laughs> uh, estrogen, a doctor will say, here's an antidepressant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. I, I, every woman that I've talked to has a, a similar story and mm-hmm. they feel like they're the, like they're the only ones. And yeah. so a lot of women get misdiagnosed. Um, they get tested and or treated for mm-hmm. ADHD because of the brain fog. Yeah. Um, they may, if they have heart palpitations, which is very common early on, they may get uh, cardiac testing, anxiety and, and, and mood swings are just called depression. Yeah. So yeah, finding someone that picks up on it. And that's why I think it's really important for women to advocate for themselves and to recognize it. Right, right. So, you know, what are some questions or things that women should um, do if they go, you know, when they go to the doctor, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in order to get, um, I guess, the correct diagnosis and not just told, hey, here's an antidepressant, go take this and be mm-hmm. on your merry way, right? Yeah. So unfortunately, I think it's, it's, requires women to sort of educate themselves like they're doing, you know, listening to your, your podcast, Mm -hmm. they learn a a lot of things. And then just having that conversation with their physician and or finding someone that will work with them. Um, Mm -hmm. It might, unfortunately it can take a while. Some, some locations in smaller towns may have um, more um, less of an opportunity to find um, a physician that um, deals with menopause very often. So you want somebody that can talk to you about the different options that are available to you and look at your risk factors and, um, you know, kind of be willing to make a a plan together with you. Right, right. And I think I think you just kind of hit the nail on the head right there. Make a plan together with you, not just dismiss you because maybe they're not comfortable with, uh, you know, with dealing with these symptoms Mm -hmm. and prescribing hormone replacement therapy. And if that's the case, then maybe it's time to look outside of this practitioner Mm -hmm. and seek help elsewhere. Yes, definitely. Yes, there is there is help available. Right. Um, You just have to look for it a little bit, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we talked about, uh, you know, taking these hormone replacement, you know, you can do this, you know, starting Mm -hmm. in perimenopause. What if I'm somebody who has gone through menopause? Is it too late after that? No, actually it's not. So the the safest way to use um, hormone replacement therapy is if you are, once you've reached menopause, you've gone a year without um, right. having a, a period, then it's beneficial to be on estrogen. Um, so as long as you're less than 60 and you haven't been menopausal for more than 10 years, mm. you can use um, estrogen. And I, I use those terms kind of loosely. I say estrogen, but if a woman still has her uterus, in mm-hmm. addition to estrogen, you have to take progesterone right. with it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, those, those go together. If you've had a hysterectomy or you don't have a, um, a uterus anymore, then you can just take estrogen. So that's yeah. kind of the difference. But as long as you do it within 10 years of menopause and you're, mm-hmm. and you're less than the age of 60, um, it does have a lot of really good health benefits, especially for things like your bones. And women, you know, have to spend so much time trying to figure out who will help them with their menopause care. Another thing that a lot that gets missed quite often are all of the other changes that coincide, maybe not only just because of menopause, but just with the age and bone health is is one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't we talk about that? Because that is something that, you know, especially as we age can become such an issue in terms of how our quality of life as we age, because God forbid, we don't have strong bones and we do Mm -hmm. fall. We have now put ourselves at risk for serious injury um, and, you know, really having an impact on that quality of life. Yeah. Yeah. So within the first year or two of being menopausal, your your bones, bone density can drop quite a bit. And so right now mm-hmm. they recommend that you have a bone mineral density test at the age of 60. Okay. But I recommend women, um, if their insurance will pay for it and it's not cost prohibitive to them, to mm-hmm. consider having a bone mineral density scan done right at the time of, of menopause. And that gives you a really good a baseline. Right, right. Um, and then you know you where you're at. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Yes. And then making sure that you're getting a thousand milligrams of calcium a day is really important. Okay. And then if you're on estrogen therapy, it really does help your bones um, mm-hmm. quite a bit. Okay. And so if, you know, if somebody were to start um, taking their calcium, is there a better time of day to take it? Should we take it with other supplements? Are there foods or drinks that we should avoid, um, you know, within a certain time frame of taking that calcium? Yeah. So calcium is kind of hard to absorb. So that's mm-hmm. a good question. Right. So it's hard to absorb unless you've got sort of some acid in your stomach. So drinking it with a little bit of orange juice is mm-hmm. always good. Okay. Um, morning or night doesn't really matter. Um, most people kind of take it in the morning and drink some orange juice. Mm-hmm. Um, but any sort of calcium supplement, uh, calcium, there's most of the time you see like Tums and calcium car that's calcium carbonate. Mm-hmm. There is a supplement called calcium, uh, citrate that, that does absorb a little bit better. Okay. But then also making sure too, because it's so hard to absorb those supplements, making sure you're getting plenty of dietary calcium is important. So your total is a thousand milligrams a day okay. um, with food and then making the rest up with supplements. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, um, you know, would taking vitamin C be the same as drinking mm-hmm. the orange yes. juice? Or? Okay. Yes. Yes. A lot of, a lot. Yes. Actually, I have a lot of women that just take a vitamin C 500 milligram tablet with it. And mm-hmm. that's another option as well. Okay. You said the, which, which calcium, the calcium citrate was mm-hmm. preferred. Yes. Yeah. The calcium citrate does absorb just a little bit better. It's called Citrical, oh, um, mm-hmm. yeah. but it, you know, cost wise, like if, if you can find another form cheaper, I think that's fine. As long as you're getting some acid with it. So yeah. some uh, either vitamin C or some juice. Yeah. Yeah. Looking for a fitness program that fits into your busy schedule? Look no further than Strong for Life Light. Our brand new program offers whole workouts every month that you can do from the comfort of your own home. No need to worry about missing classes or juggling gym time with family time. Join Strong for Life Light today and get on track to a healthier you. Now back to this episode of the Fit News Podcast. We know that also during the, um, you know, this 
transition time that um, cardio health is is a big problem for many women as well and can suffer during this time. So mm-hmm. does the hormone replacement therapy help with that as well? It does. It really does. And it's really important that you pointed that out. That's great because, you know, we still think in this country, women really fear breast cancer and yeah. there is a reason to, to uh, fear breast cancer, but yeah. the cardiovascular disease is still the number one yeah. um, killer of women. And We've always known that at the time of menopause, when you when you've lost the estrogen that your body makes, it sort of puts you on a level playing field with men. Um, before menopause, women have always had um, less cardiovascular risk than men. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you're menopausal and your estrogen is gone, you're on an even playing field. Well, yeah. with men. So now right. what they're finding, though, is that women actually um, pr- sort of progress faster along that line. So within the yeah. first few years, um, you can really see a jump in people's lipid levels or cholesterol levels. And I've talked to women who say, I've always had normal cholesterol, LDL, the bad yes. the bad cholesterol. They say, I've always had um, a good LDL level. And then all of a sudden it jumped. You know, it's not like extremely high, but it's much higher than it had been. And the doctor's like, oh, don't worry about it. We'll just keep an eye on it. And I always tell women like, no, you really need to watch around this time because it can go up. So to answer your question, estrogen does um, lower your LDL. Mm -hmm. The estrogen supplement will lower your LDL and it will raise your HDL, your good cholesterol. cholesterol. Okay. Yeah. And so that's another benefit of being on hormone replacement therapy. And what would you say, let's say I go to the doctor and, you know, I'm, you know, I'm fully, I've gone through menopause. I've gone a full year. And my LDL does go up and my doctor says, well, here, I'll give you this cholesterol medicine because they don't want to have that HRT conversation. What do you do at that point? What would you recommend? Because, you know, a lot of women say, oh, well, I I get my, look at my cholesterol, right? My LDL Mm -hmm. has gone up. So maybe he's right. Maybe I do need this cholesterol medicine, Mm but... Yeah, so that's a little bit controversial. Um, mm-hmm. I go to the North American Menopause Society Conference every year when they have you know experts from around the nation right. and go through the latest studies. And that's still a little controversial. There are some people who feel like um, you should just do the hormones and um, wait a bit. Then there are others that say you should go right on a, what they call a statin, right. uh, like Lipitor, mm-hmm. um, right away. And I'm a little bit more in the camp of get aggressive with your cholesterol, yeah. Um, but that's going to vary. And I think that's another perfect example of where you need to have a conversation with your healthcare provider. Look at all of the other things that you have going on, any risk factors that you may have yeah. for starting that. So that's a little bit, there's kind of different camps on that, mm-hmm. but I tend to go with, let's be aggressive with the LDL. Yeah. Um, you can always stop taking it if you can get it dropped. Right, right. And can you take the statin with the HRT? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, that's, I mean, that's good to know because, mm-hmm. um, but it is definitely something that women need to yeah. be thinking about and understand the correlation between mm-hmm. that drop uh, in estrogen and those numbers. Yes. Yes, definitely. I mean, it's, it's, it's quite rapid. Some of the increases that women have right around menopause, just with that drop of estrogen. Yeah. 
Wow, that's amazing. Is this also a time when high blood pressure can kind of, you know, Mm -hmm. come into the mix as well? Yes. So the biggest complaints that I get from women are I've gained weight. I've all of a sudden I'm not as healthy as I used to be. I never had problems with my high blood pressure. Now I have high blood pressure. I never had problems with my cholesterol and I have problems with my cholesterol. Um, And I've got all this belly fat. I've put on 15 pounds. Um, those are the biggest complaints right. that I see with women in the perimenopausal time frame. Yeah. And then issues with sexual function and all of that. Those mm-hmm. tend to be the, the two biggest. But definitely, you definitely, definitely will see that with women. And so high blood pressure is a combination of, of several things. But one of those can be the, the weight gain that that tends to happen. Yeah. Menopause, we want to blame menopause for the weight gain. And I've talked to countless women. I'm also one who's put on more weight than I ever have during this time. Um, the What is being caused by the estrogen is actually redistribution. So you have more belly fat than you've ever had before. Yeah. Um, the the weight gain that tends to happen with, with women is really more with a change in lifestyle. So a lot of times when you're having hot flashes or you're feeling kind of crummy, you don't exercise as much as you used to. Um, and so just your change in lifestyle causes you to put on some pounds and then the, um, lack of estrogen causes it all to redistribute. So we can't blame it all. Right. Yeah, that. that was a truth yeah. that we had that we had to tell it's yes. a hard truth, but needs to be heard. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is tough. It is tough. So yeah, you can blame menopause for a lot of things, but other than the <laughs> fat redistribution, but you know, it's really the fat redistribution is, is a really big deal. And that's, that nice. kind of gets back to what you were saying before mm-hmm. about the high blood pressure. You have, you know, your, your uh, belly fat is almost like its own or own organ in and of itself. Right. So you start seeing elevated cholesterol, you start seeing issues with lipids. So all of that um, kind of starts coming into play. Right, right. Yeah, because when we're talking about uh, belly fat, you know, the the visceral fat, we're talking about fat that's going to affect your internal organs, right? So that's, you know, when we're talking about it being dangerous, we're not joking, you know, unfortunately, that's where it's distributed. We wish Mm -hmm. it weren't. But it's not about a a vanity metric here. We're trying to help. So that way, it's not a dangerous um, you know, situation in terms of yeah, health. Yeah. Lisa, is there anything that we may have missed or that we need to still chat about? The importance of women understanding that there there are people that can help them. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't yeah. have to always be uh, a bad time. This is usually a time of a lot of change in your life, but it can be good change. Yeah. Um, and there's really no reason to suffer with not being able to sleep and hot flashes and yes. brain fog. Like there are things that you can do mm-hmm. to help with that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, and I think as you mentioned before, it's important that, you know, that women educate themselves mm-hmm. in this topic and that they don't suffer alone and that they don't suffer yeah. in silence and that they do seek help. And, you know, there's no extra credit for saying, um, it, you know, oh, I can do this all by myself. I don't need any, any help. I don't need any medication. It's okay to go and seek that out. And, mm-hmm. you know, if your practitioner is not willing to uh, entertain any of those questions or ideas, that might be time, you know, even if you've been with this person mm-hmm. for, an, you know, for forever and a day, 
Yeah. And maybe say, you know what? I'm going to go over here and see if this person will help me. And it's okay to seek that help. Yes, it definitely is. And I, I've, that's a really good point. I, I've talked to women before that have a, a relationship. They've had their physician for many years. Right. They like their physician, but they can tell that they're not really comfortable or they're not up to date on everything with that. And so I work with women and write consult notes and kind of mm-hmm. go through all of their options. And then they can take that to their physician. So sometimes that works as well. Just being able to have something to have a conversation with your physician about. Um, And then that way you don't have to leave your doctor. But yeah, you definitely need to be able to have a conversation. Right. And so the women you work with, are they all in person or are they online or are they both? So I have an office a couple of days a week in person, but everybody wants to do telehealth because this is just <laughs> so much easier, right? You can just yeah. pop open your screen and we can meet. And so I do uh, telehealth okay. for the most part um, yeah. in North Carolina and Florida. Okay. Okay. And then if women want to know more information about you and the women's precision uh, health that you own, mm-hmm. where could they mm-hmm. find that information? Mm-hmm. So my website is just loveyourmidlife.org, O-R-G. And you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook as well. But my website has everything okay. um, about what, what I do and a little bit about my story and, and some healthy resources and things. All right. So be sure to check out loveyourmidlife.org and give Lisa a follow on any of our socials. Lisa, thank you so much yeah. for sharing all this information you made it so palatable so we could all understand it because <laughs> yeah. there's a lot out there, you know, and it really is, you know, some days it, it can be overwhelming. So mm-hmm. I appreciate you taking the time to give it to us in uh, digestible bites. <laughs> Absolutely. It's been a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Fit News Podcast. We will catch you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Fit News Podcast. I'm your host, Jen Shaver, and I'm on a continuing mission to help you stay strong, healthy, and happy. A special thank you to our producer, Noah Martin, and Retrospection Multimedia. Tune in to the Fit News Podcast every Monday to get your tips for living your best midlife. These episodes are live streamed weekly in our Facebook group. Be sure to comment, like, and subscribe to Fit News Podcast for your weekly health advice. To join the Facebook group, visit strongforlifefitness.com.